Please welcome our new sponsor, Play Action Pools. Go to playactionpools.com as they have launched the newest sports pool hosting platform. Play Action is your spot for all your football contest needs, whether it's Pick'em or Survival Pool. Play Action has customizable options for picking against the spread or picking straight up NFL, college, or both. You have to check out their exciting new Build Your Bankroll format. It operates as a virtual sports book. You know your buddy who's always bragging about how great of a handicapper he is? Well, put him to the test and put all your friends to the test, whether it's family, coworkers, or whoever. Put them to the ultimate test with the Play Actions Build Your Bankroll. Go to playactionpools.com to play today. Go to the link located here in the bio of today's episode and you will see how to play on playactionpools.com and be a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's pool check it out pick your favorite games and see if you can become a winner check the link in the bio for the two-man power trip of wrestling's pool and go to playactionpools.com and type in two-man power trip of wrestling there's two ways to play there pick your favorites pick the best but most importantly win so go to playactionpools.com today the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production and now for something completely different hey i was i'm a hall of famer i'm in three halls of fame for the young fans they don't give a damn they just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now and i got no problem with those rules i know the rules going in i'm happy to play the game that way and when ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me i thought that something happened i couldn't hear a thing you could have heard the pin drop in that arena it touched me so deeply that when i went in the dressing room i really felt depressed I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name, that happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Paz. With me today, a very special guest known as the rock star, the headliner. You've probably seen him on a lot of Northeast Independent shows. He is, of course, a current ISPW superstar, Mr. Rick Recon. Rick, welcome to the two-man power trip. How you doing? Fantastic, brother. Thank you for having me. So what's going on in your world? What's up? Well, I just came off of a... We'll stand out of AEW 
at Dark Elevation against Dalton Castle and the boys. That ROH six-man tag champs. Uh, they pulled out the victory, but it was an honor to share the ring with them. So that was, uh, that was, that just happened. And now I'm getting ready for the King of ISPW tournament this Friday in Tottawa, New Jersey. Very cool. Well, definitely, I'll get back to AEW one second, but I wanted to mention ISPW, King of ISPW tournament, uh, 9-23, obviously, like you mentioned, Friday in Totowa at the ISPW Arena. Pretty cool. That's going to be an interesting show. I know ISPW always does uh, big things here in Jersey. Yeah, no, it's going to be a hell of a show. I mean, the, the eight competitors in that tournament, it's, I mean, it could, it could go either way into any one of them. So I'm honored to have been selected, have been in this tournament. Well, it's going to be a little personal with you and Danny Morrison, obviously, if you guys meet in the tournament, but you kind of stole his manager, Dave LaGreca. You know what I mean? You kind of took that from him. Listen, he and I didn't steal Dave at all. Okay. Dave, Dave's a grown man, and Dave decided to go with what he saw as the future of not only ISPW, but of this business. No, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and knock on Danny Doring. I've done that before in several promos. I'm not going to do it here. He is a hell of a competitor. Obviously, the, the, he has earned the vet status 10 times over. But it's not his time anymore. It's mine. So Dave obviously saw that and saw it was the time to go with the up-and-coming, hungry, truly hungry competitor, which is me. So that's that's my sense on that. So. Did you guys work that out beforehand? Did you know Dave was going to you know, kind of join the ranks with you? Dave came up to me uh, beforehand, uh, before the event, before he came out with me. And uh, he had told me he was a little... He's annoyed, obviously. He, Danny wasn't returning any of his calls. He felt that Danny had taken his eye off the prize, which is the ISPW Heavyweight Championship, which it seems that it did because he no longer has it. Justin Carino now has it. So clearly he lost that killer instinct that he had before. So we're here now where Danny has to fight his way back up onto the top. Problem is, is I'm nipping at his heels the entire time. He thinks that he's going to leave me in dust. That's not happening. I, I absolutely refuse, refuse to be the the one and done competitor in a tournament like this. I will do absolutely everything to not only get to the finals but to win. So, and Dave, I'm sorry, Dave is a very smart man obviously he is the host of the number one wrestling show in the world so the man knows he knows his stuff he's been around he has so many different connections and networks with so many different people he sees it he knows it he knows it's the time the time is now so dave's gonna be by my side as he has been since we joined forces my my lovely lady, my number one lady, Miss DeVille, will also be out there. So I have people watching my back. 
Danny doesn't have that anymore. He burnt all his bridges. So, I don't know what's going to happen for him, but it isn't going to be winning. ISPW really has been stepping up. You know what I mean? Like, they seem like they keep growing and growing. They always have big stars. They always, you know, put on some great shows. Just tell me a little bit. You're just about your time so far with ISPW. ISPW has given me a bigger and better platform in the about eight months that I've been working with them than several other promotions have given me in the years that I've spent with them. And you can take that how you want. You can take that as me throwing shade or not, but they have given me opportunity after opportunity after opportunity because they see that I can step up to the plate and I can knock it out of the park. And that's what I do every single time I'm there. And the thing about ISPW is they don't just run wrestling shows. See, any, you know, I'm going to put this nicely. Any jabroni can get a professional, you know, can get a license to run a show, can get some money together to run a show. But is it good? Is it worth the time? Does it give back to the fans? Does it elevate talent that's on those events? Most of the time, no. ISPW, just the name. And you being associated with it elevates you. When they do shows, there it's not just shows, it's events. There's always something that happens that leaves the fans wanting more and the fans remember. Because regardless of how we feel, at the end of the day, it's about the fans. Okay, I, I may rag on them. They may boo me. You know, I, I may give them all. I may run my mouth with them and trash talk them because sometimes they deserve it but we are doing it for the fans so a lot of places have forgotten that ispw hasn't the focus is the fans and everyone that's there to give them moments that's what professional wrestling is about it's not just about the pop or the crazy spot fest that you can come up with it's about what they remember and what they take home with them and when those little kids grow up and they're adults they remember what happened when they were 10 years old and the moments that they had and when they saw their favorite wrestler regardless of who it was out there performing for them very true. You sound very old school. Are you more, would you say, more old school than uh, than new school as far as some of like your style and just philosophy and wrestling? I am, I would say I am the perfect mix of old and new school, honestly, because I can go out there and hang with anyone of any level. 30-year vets, guys three years in, doesn't really matter. Uh, I think professional wrestling is professional wrestling regardless. True pro wrestling is timeless. If I if I may use a uh, uh, crowbar reference there, true pro wrestling is timeless. And I feel that people need to get back to the roots of what it is. It's wrestling. It is psychology. It is a story. You could call it a performance, you could call it a fight. We know it doesn't really matter what you call it. But pro wrestling is the root of what we do. 
So, and that, that needs to not be lost for the next crazy thing that everyone wants to do. And that's, that's fine that you do that. But again, if you just do them without any sort of, it's a car crash. Everybody, here's the thing. Car crashes, sure, people watch them. People rubberneck when they see a car crash, but they don't want to be involved in it. They don't want to be a part of it. And then once they pass it, they forget about it. That's what I like in a lot of the style of what I see today. They're car crashes. And they can be spectacular. But again, how many of them do you really remember after a while? You remember Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant. That's the moment you remember. And the thing is, is a lot of people don't remember so much the beginning of that but they remember that moment you know they remember uh you know pick any any wrestlemania moment that you can think of you remember the moment more than anything else so that's i i feel that if people worked more for creating a memory and a feeling for the fans i think they would be remembered more than they are I agree. And that's kind of an old school philosophy, but I mean, it's so true and it's so right. Some of those matches just blend together all the, you know, the, the new style, like a lot of the, the, I guess you could say flippity floppity, whatever you want to say. A lot of them just mesh together, but the moments, the memories, um, you know, Hogan could do a finger point and people remember that forever, or, you know, cup is here and everybody remembers that. I mean, you have to be emotionally invested with the guys rather than just, Oh, that guy does a cool move or this guy does a cool move. And like, that's great. But you know, you want to be emotionally invested for sure. Exactly. Look at, here's a perfect example of a match that if you just watched the match, some people, uh, well, if you compared it to, if you took it, this match and put it next to say, I don't know. And I, this isn't, this isn't even knocking them because I'm sure somebody will say, Oh, you're just trashing on them. If you took rock and Hogan from Mania 18, I believe it was 18, yeah. right? Okay. It was 18. Oh, oof. I was I was waiting to say if I got if I got the the, the mania number wrong I would, Tommy Fair would rip me a new one. <laughs> but uh, mania eighteen if you took that match and you put that next to a Young Bucks match from today, I mean somebody would go oh well Hogan Rock that's kind of simple it's kind of boring you know but look at that crowd I have never seen a crowd come up for anyone like they came up for them they could they did he hogan one point they lost they lost it they the, the crowd was rabid he had to do nothing but you know his three punches big boot and a leg drop you know and like that was it like he he just could stand there and and do this and you had whatever it was 60 70 thousand people losing their minds over what some would call a very simple, basic match. No, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It was electric. It was two of the absolute best performers of all time in the ring. At the same time, it was a moment in time and in wrestling history. And that's what people remember. 100%. And that crowd is just unbelievable. But it's Hogan and Rock psychology that also makes them kind of you know, go nuts. 
everything Hogan did was just picture perfect. Obviously, Rock played the heel, even though he didn't initially think he was going to be playing the heel. He played the heel really well. I mean, to me, I know star ratings don't really matter and that all that stuff is subjective, but to me, that's the five-star match. I mean, that match is unbelievable. Hogan Rock. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, the whole that whole five-star, this star, that star. That, to me, that was... I don't follow any of that, really. It doesn't matter. That's just somebody's opinion on, on a match. Like, that's great. Like, that's awesome. That's what he likes see in matches and that's great that's fine everyone has their opinion see it's wonderful pro wrestling is is and i'm this is so cliche but just just bear with me uh pro wrestling is like there's it's like ice cream there's so many different flavors and you know pretty much for the most part they're all good like i don't really complain about any you know flavors of ice cream obviously everybody has their preference and there's the classic ones that are just the best you know but they're again they're just opinions like oh that was that was a five-star match i don't know i i mean i've watched a couple of like five-star matches and i was like oh it was good but it didn't really do it for me you know but then i you watch another match that supposedly was three a three-star match or whatever and it was great and i remembered it and it was fantastic and it, it entertained and it sold so many tickets and sold so much merchandise which you know Again, people seem to forget it's business. You know, we're trying to draw people every 18 inches, you know, if we're going yeah. by stadium standards. But every 18 inches, that's what everybody was trying to do at the time. Now it's, hey, let's pop the boys. That's awesome. Fantastic. I hope the boys enjoyed the matches. I know obviously don't want them to be like, wow, that was terrible. That was boring. But people seem to forget um, – the boys get in for free. They're not paying a ticket. They're already in the back already. They're already watching it. So my thing is, if you can entertain the crowd and entertain the boys in the back, you've done your job. You you were something special. Again, that's just that's my two cents. I'm sure somebody will shoot that down or, you know, disregard what i'm saying but that's okay <laughs> see i'm kind of with you there too especially the flavors of ice cream because i love like brian danielson one of my favorite wrestlers but then i love sting i love hulk hogan like i mean there's all these different kind of guys i like but i feel like the guys that really made the most money in the business weren't necessarily work rate guys like stone cold steve austin he was maybe a stunning steve but not a stone cold hulk hogan the rock i mean these guys aren't exactly like work rate kings here they're not uh benoit and, and eddie guerrero so to me it's like i don't know you want to put like you said put the butt every 18 inches go for more like the emotional investment uh people really buying into you and the character and and just falling in love with you yes you have to if you look at here's another example and i can do these analogies all day but you look at um let's pick something that's not wrestling Let's pick something you mentioned emotionally invested. If you look at, if you are a fan, let's say you're a fan of the Avengers movies, right? And the build up and story arc through all these different movies and everything. And there's a build. That's the other thing. They, they actually had a story arc and a build. They didn't just, you know, shotgun finish everything or, you know, just spit out a random script. Let's do this. They had a build, you know what I mean? Just like a storyline and good storyline for wrestling. 
because that's basically what we do. And but when you got to the end of the Avengers, or at least of this phase or whatever, you got to like, you know, whatever the final movie was, end game or whatever. And you had that moment of like, yes, that's it. You know, that's the emotional investment that they built over 10, 15, 20 different separate movies. And it all built to that one last big hurrah scene with all the, all the heroes all face down against the big bad heel you know, and took them down. That's, but that's emotionally investment. They're all, if you really sit there, they're all characters. They're all, you know, if I might use the, uh, the F word fake, but it's an emotional investment and a ride that Marvel took everyone on. It's the same thing with professional wrestling, same thing with sports entertainment. It's the same exact thing. If you emotionally invest people, they will come back. That's just how it, that's just how it works, man. It's worked that way for decades. And I'm not sure why people tried to reinvent the wheel there, but that's, I think that is where our business is starting to go back to. Like we had this little bit of a fling of, Hey, let's do all the work rate stuff. And it's fantastic. Believe me. I, and I, I do those style of matches every now and again, I do them. I can I can do the 30 minute like let's go and do everything. I've done them before. But I've also done matches where we went 20 30 minutes and we told a story. And man, I I tell you what, I, I'm pretty sure the people remember that one more than the other than the 30 minute, you know, work rate match. And that's funny, you brought up Eddie Guerrero. That was actually another really good example somebody brought up to me. Eddie Guerrero, WCW Cruiserweight Eddie Guerrero. Fantastic. Oh, my God. God, The guy could do stuff that I can only dream of in the ring. Yep. But, and again, not knocking on this guy. I love Eddie to death. I I do the three amigos for him. I do the frog splash for him. I love Eddie so much. It broke my heart when he died broke my heart but latino heat eddie guerrero is who drew yep he drew that's who sold tickets that's who sold merchandise that's who became world champion latino heat why because he connected with the fans and people loved him no matter what he did they loved him that's true that more they would sell more people would love them more that's true. Yeah, when he went to be became Latino, he created that character. Man, everybody fell in love with him. When he was a heel, he was awesome. But then when he's a babyface, even better. Oh, and he was the same guy. Yeah. Yep. He was the same guy, and it was just you loved Eddie Guerrero. That's it. He was just fantastic. So that was that was another analogy. Actually, that was a um. I'll kind of maybe I'm putting him on the spot, but that's actually one. Uh, Ace Darling brought that one up to me. He's like, that's literally what it's, so I'm kind of, that's something he said to me and I kind of always have it in the back of my head. He said, Cruiserweight Eddie was great in the ring. Latino Heat was better. Why? Because he was better for business. So, yeah, that's just philosophy. That, that it changed a lot. That's why, like, 
that's why I always I'm always sitting here and always putting over ISPW because the minds behind it and and the the veterans in the locker room that have helped to change the mindset of not just me but like other young guns in the back in the back and in the locker room you can see it you can see the change in these guys when they come out and how they work and how they present themselves and how they carry themselves it's it's it is something truly, truly special what what Tommy Fierro is doing at ISPW. And after just a year being back, like he'd been he didn't he hadn't run any shows for what, like ten about ten years? And he yeah. came back guns blazing, man, everything just right out the gate. And it's and every single event is just it delivers. So it's like you, you you get so that's why do you think I I, I hopped on the train because <laughs> that's this is I felt it I felt that just you know it's not like I've I've been around a little bit I've been around I mean not as long as a lot of guys there but you know about seven years so it's not like I haven't seen things and been places and you know worked for different people but this this is just a totally different feeling totally different vibe so you know that's that's why I'll always put him over. So. Yeah, he's doing great. He's got the wrestling collector store. He's got ISPW. He's got the last match, uh, the Broadway show. So, I mean, he's got a lot of stuff going on. Oh, I know. I tell you what, wrestling collector, man, that's like, it's like Toys R Us for wrestling fans, man. I oh, can yeah. stay in there all day. <laughs> I could lose quite a bit of my bank account in that, in that place. I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah, he comes up with some stuff. I'm like, where the hell did you find this? It'd be like a Hogan, like, rare hat from 85 or a towel or something. I'm like, where the hell did you get this from? Yeah, Just so I much know. rare stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. I don't know where he, found, where he finds it, man. I tell you why. I see any, but I tell you what, anything with, like, Undertaker, Bret Hart, anything like that, that's why I, I gravitate towards that that stuff especially. Those are your guys? Bret and uh, Taker? taker man Ed, edge too actually he's less oh the old school guys but yeah those, those guys are big influences on me taker he's what did it man i saw a taker and i said i want to be a professional wrestler i loved undertaker forever he's he's like to me this uh, if i have to choose a guy that's the favorite and the goat i i have to I have to I have to pick him it's a hard choice but Undertaker was always the guy for me. What is it about Undertaker? His presence, his his aura, like his and his absolute dedication to the business, to WWF, to WWE. Just he was always there, and he was always willing to do good business. Always. He's a multi-time world champ, but if you look at his title reigns, they're not very long. Why? Because he understood that he could be the undertaker. He didn't need a title to make him. And a lot of times he felt that other guys were would be better and do better business as champion than he would. He understood that. He said it himself, actually, in a couple interviews. And I, I tell you what, though, also, like if you watched his hall of fame induction speech he talked for what an hour hour and a half i could have listened to him all day and i learned just by listening to him so he, he just everything he did to me was just always so just so awesome 
So, and he's one of those rare guys where it's like, oh, he's just a gimmick. But then it's like, can he really work? Then he works with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle and all these other guys. It's like, wow, he's a damn good worker for being that big too. It's like he's not just a gimmick; he's actually a damn good wrestler. It's fantastic. It is. They. I remember seeing him when he was, or going back, obviously going back and watching some of the stuff he did in WCW as me and Mark, and a lot of the work that he would do. Um, when he got to WWF, they were like, "You got to pull back on that man." He was doing a lot of stuff, a lot yeah. of even like lucha stuff. He was moving like way too fast for a dead man or a guy that sh- guy that big should be going um but yeah he could do all that too but he didn't need to and he understood that he understood what his character was and he played it i don't know anybody else that could get over a undead god undertaker for 30 years 30 plus years there's nobody else that could have done it period Pretty amazing, and he was athletic as hell too. Obviously, yeah. we didn't know it as much, except for doing old school early on as Undertaker. But then we learned, like, wow, this guy's damn athletic. And he, yeah, oh man, see, watch him do any of those, any of those over the top dives at Mania. You went, oh, good lord! Just it was just, just yeah, he was always phenomenal to me. So that was he was big influence, obviously. You know, I'm not six ten, three hundred plus pounds, but. I think it was just him and his dedication to his character and his presence was something that just resonated with me big time. And then Bret Hart just was so cool. So cool to me. I just loved him. I just always loved his look and how he worked and how he carried himself too. So yeah, I I, I have a lot of different influences in pro wrestling. Those, those are two big ones for me. Brett might be the best in-ring, like just in-ring guy, but he was so smooth. It was like ridiculous. I also love his character. Some people kind of, you know, maybe underappreciate his character too, but I just always thought he was the best in-ring guy I've ever seen. Oh, smooth. Smooth as, as anything. It was like the, the guy just I, – I, I don't think I ever watched him mess anything up, ever. And I don't think he ever hurt anybody. He was always so, so good, and he could always just lead a match, like, just perfectly. He was truly was the excellence of execution. Absolutely. Like, That's funny. I was, just, uh, I was just talking to Tommy uh, the other day about Tom McGee. Remember, I don't know if you remember Tom McGee, but there was a time when they were saying that he was, like, the next Hogan. This was before, obviously, Warrior came in. But they were like, oh, he's this guy's the next Hogan because he's yeah. athletic, he's big, he's, he's muscular, but he could do flips off the top row. I mean, what an athlete, just an amazing guy. So they put him in the ring with Brett, and that's the infamous match where they lost the tape. And they now, a few years ago, they actually found the tape of the, of the match. Um, but Brett and McGee have this great match, and Pat Patterson and Vince are infamously watching it. And Vince is like, we have our next star. And Pat Patterson's like, yep, Bret Hart. And Vince goes, no, Tom McGee. So it's like, even, you know, Vince was even fooled, like, how good Bret was. He was making Tom McGee look so good. He thought Tom McGee was like the, you know, the next Hogan. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember, I remember reading, reading about that. And sometimes, like, they, they, it's funny. They, I feel like they've, they tried that before with a few guys. Like, they, I remember they tried, with uh, Lex Luger, they had him come out at the tapings with the title, 
Like, I don't even think they want it. I think they just want to see the reaction of what people would do. And they just went, nah, man, this ain't it. And that was it. And sometimes that's all it takes. They just, you can tell, like, after you do a little test run, you go, mm, that's not it. You know, Lex Luthor, in that era. Phenomenal. There was, I don't think there was, probably was never a better physique all around than Lex Luger, but it just, it just wasn't it. And for, and sometimes it just isn't it. Like the physique isn't, I mean, it's incredibly important. You know, it really is. I, 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 try, I train my ass off to even be like resembling in shape, but, but uh, uh, it's not always about that. Sometimes it really is how you carry yourself, your charisma, that it factor. Um, like, you know, if you look at a perfect, here's another example. Obviously, he, he was in shape, but he wasn't, he was never this like shredded type guy like Lex Luger type guy, huge dude, uh, was was Stone Cold. Like, if you really look at him, you know, he's a big guy, but like he's unassuming, in a sense, he's almost unassuming because, you know, he's just got black boots, black trunks, you know, his little knee brace thing, his little knee brace gimmicks. <laughs> And a goatee and he's bald. You know, I mean, he looks like an ass kicker, but you're kind of like, oh, he looks kind of sort of simple, you know. But, dude, the guy starts talking, guy starts, he just has it. He was just guy. And he was just, you couldn't deny him no matter what. And so I think that's just sometimes how it is in wrestling. Like, if the people believe in you and the people want you, you're going to be the dude. You're going to be the guy. That's it. And, and as long as the 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 top people listen to that like that's just it he sold more merch and more tickets and more pay-per-views than just about anybody besides hogan i think so yeah stone cold that was it so that was the guy but i'm sure they they hell they brought him in as the ringmaster they clearly didn't think he was the guy when they wasn't cutting promos either dibiase was cutting promos for him yeah no I know he was, and he's like, you know, I can talk, right? <laughs> and then that was it. And he went, "Nah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin." Is the, the story goes as he came up with the name. But yeah, yeah, that that's that's what I'm saying. That's the sometimes it's that's the guy, and when the people feel it and connect with somebody like they connected with him, that's it. That's the guy to go with, run with him. And they did. Now, I want to rewind back just for from the beginning of the convo, but just about AEW, because I was just so fascinated that you were there. I know you've been there before, but how did that all come about? You, you know, wrestling the old castle and the boys. Well, it was, if I'm going to pull the curtain back just a little bit, is they were in my hometown, actually. It was their first event in Albany, New York hometown and uh which was funny because i was surprised that they hadn't come there before but that was kind of wwe territory for the longest time um i mean that there's so many different moments that 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 uh happened uh the austin beer truck happened there uh edge cashing in the money in the bank the first money in the bank happened there the 1992 royal rumble with Flair winning the title, happened there. There was a lot of history in that building. So I was surprised that they hadn't come through yet um, up until, you know, this past week. And uh, so I already done some work with them about a year ago. 
And I just reached out to him and said, hey, this is my hometown. I would love to work in the arena that I'd seen my first professional wrestling event. And they said, and I got, I got the invite back and said, come on down. Let's work. And awesome. you get there, you get there super early. You wait, you hurry up and wait. That's, that's show business. That's pro wrestling yep. for you. Hurry up and wait. We did. Oh, did we? And you wait and see what they're going to do with TV. Cause there was a lot of extras there and not, and unfortunately not all of them got used. I was one of the fortunate enough ones to be booked. Uh, I'm sure they took a look at me and were like, okay, well, the guy's in shape. Guy's got gear. Oh my God. The guy has wrestling boots. We got to put him on TV. He has boots. Cause no one has boots anymore. Everybody has these wrestling shoes and kick pads. Yep. I don't do any of that. I wear wrestling boots cause they're cool. So, uh, and I looked around and there was the, there was the sheet and it said Dalton Castle and the boys versus myself, Jay Bougie and dude named Omar. And I said, okay, here we go. This is what I'm talking about. And the thing is, is Dalton Castle, uh, up until recently, he was living in the area. He, that was, it was kind of a home. He was like the hometown boy in a sense. People knew exactly who he was. And the second he came out, Everyone knew exactly who he was. Everyone reacted as if this was his hometown. And that was, it was special standing across the ring from him and him reaching out his hand to do the, uh, the code of honor, the shake, because he's the ring of honor, uh, six man tag team champion with the boys. But to be able to shake his his hand in the middle of the ring middle of that ring in my hometown arena that was special and that's that's i'll always remember that very cool that's awesome how it all came about are you allowed to say who uh, contacted you like to come in are you allowed to say the name if you oh, yeah. like is it christopher daniels i can tell you who it is but you know if anybody asked for the email sorry about that no point <laughs> that uh it was uh uh sean dean He's the guy who, Captain Sean Dean, he's a fantastic individual, good dude, great worker. I really would love to see him more on TV. He absolutely deserves it. I'm not just saying that. He's very, very good. I've watched him several times. Uh, but, yes, he, he's really cool guy. He's very professional. He knows how to run. Uh, he knows how to run a locker room. With all the extras, all the towns, put them exactly where they have to be and get them ready for everything. So kudos to him. Uh, so everybody there was a joy to work with. I'll say that. Everyone was great to work with. It was fantastic sharing a locker room with uh, Chris Jericho and Mark Henry and Daniel, or excuse me, I'm so sorry. I almost called him Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson. See, I still, I still got to flip the name there. Uh, just so much talent in one locker room from so many different areas, so many different places. So, again, it was an honor to work with them and uh, love to do more work with them. See where it goes. So open ended, like as far as coming back or doing more work with yeah, them or yeah. wrestling with them. Yeah, it's open ended. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't burn the bridge. I certainly didn't get, uh, 
my bags thrown out the back door or anything. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, I would say it's open-ended. Got good feedback. They're, they're good, good people to work with. They really are. Is there any place you haven't worked that you would like to work? Yes. I mean, there's about a million places I haven't worked. I'd love to work, but yeah, I, I would say specifically from besides WWE, cause that's the, that's the always right. been the end is, uh, I, I would love to do a, a, a stint or a tour or what have you with, uh, new Japan. I feel that I love their product. I always have, it has influenced my style to an extent. And I feel it's just something that if you have on your resume, if you have, as you've checked off that bucket list, they look at you in a different light and say, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. It's like New York, but better and way more exotic. <laughs> yeah. Less rude too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that's in New Japan or anywhere in Japan, to be honest, because it's just they're fantastic performers, great, wonderful, welcoming people. So that that's that's where I'd like to go before before WWE. As we hit the wind down, we head towards the finish. Do you have some dream matches, some guys out there that you hadn't wrestled that you'd like to wrestle, or even some guys you know from from the past? I know obviously Brett and Undertaker would be on the list, but is there some dream matches that you'd love to have out there? Oh, there's there's a uh, there's quite a few of them, but uh, one of them would uh, I would say probably and I. I would have to say that the, the two specifically for me, and there's a reason why, and they're both because they're both the top guys in their respective promotions. One would be Kazushika Okada from New Japan because he is the rainmaker. He is the best that yeah. they have. And on WWE would be Roman Reigns because, again, he is the top guy, the pinnacle, the best in the business. Those are the guys I want the best because those are the guys you need to work with to become the best. I agree. Those are the two best in the business right now. You throw Brian Danielson out there too, but those are probably the, the, the two top guys for sure. So what's next for you? Like what's next? Like what do you got on the horizon? What's on your radar? The biggest thing for me is King of ISPW. That's the, I mean, there's other things as well, but that is the biggest thing right now. That has my absolute focus because the guy that wins that, he his his career take is going to take off. So that's it. That is the the start for me. That's my absolute focus. There's other things that are coming up. It's kind of one of those cases of like to be announced type thing, but mm. uh, there is a lot coming up. There's a lot coming. Up. And believe me, when those things are allowed to be announced, as I always do, I will be putting it out there. I will be spamming it everywhere like I always do. I'm not hard to find. I'm certainly not hard to. Uh, uh, I always know how to push myself. You know what I mean? Advertise myself. 
So it's ISPW, King of ISPW Tournament. You go to ISPWWrestling.com, of course. 923 Friday, Totowa, New Jersey, ISPW Arena. David LaGreca will be there in your corner. But, you know, you mentioned social media stuff. Where can everybody find you? Give us all your your, your plugs. Well, Facebook, that's easy. Search Rick Recon. I'll come up. I'm a cool-looking dude standing next to Dave LaGreca. Twitter is at Rick Recon, the number one. And Instagram is at Rick underscore Recon. All right, Rick, we will be looking forward to seeing you, of course, more in ISPW and maybe AEW and elsewhere. But thank you for all the time tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very, uh, very honored. I love these. I love doing it. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies brother.